Pierre McGuire is brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment and by UMass Online. Pierre, Mutt and Lou, good to see you Monday. Very good visiting with you, Mutt. Good afternoon, or good morning to you now, and Lou, good morning to you. Hello, Pierre. You saw this team up close on Monday. Some things from that game I want to talk about. They've now they won another game on uh, Tuesday night, so it's now 10 in a row. Uh, give me your takeaway, Pierre. Thoughts you saw up close on this team? Maybe you, you had, you didn't have, or reinforced off our, our conversation on Monday morning. Um, they didn't have a great game on Monday against uh, Minnesota, but I thought they played well enough to win. Um, you know, they didn't start it out very well by giving up a breakaway early on to Charlie Coyle. I thought Matt Barkowski really struggled in that game, and Claude Julian really laid into him. But outside of that, I mean, you just see the level of consistency, and when they need to defend the lead, they know how. When they need to generate some enthusiasm in the building, they know how by being physical. Their cycle game is excellent. They're four lines deep. Uh, Soderberg is as advertised. He's even probably a little bit better than most people expect. So they're obviously a great team, and and I just did Chicago the other night with St. Louis and Boston's very much in the same discussion with those two teams. You know, Pierre, you were right. I mean, the first few minutes, Bruins didn't come out exactly on fire, but after that, what you said, this is going to be a good game. You know, the skating, and I think it was. It, I don't think the score four to one really was an indication of. It. I thought it was a good game, but you mentioned Claude Julien getting on Matt Barkowski. Now this team is ten and zero. There's been talks and. I know Luch addressed the media about peaking too soon. Given what you know about Claude Julian, how does he approach that? He's always looking for negative things to kind of keep them on their edge. You know what, Lou? I think the biggest thing with, with Claude is making sure he's not predictable to his players, but also that the players trust him. And I know the players do trust him, but you can't become predictable as a coach. So it depends on work-to-rest ratio in terms of practices. It depends on what you want to do with morning skates. A lot depends on your messaging with your game planning. So you can do a lot of things to become unpredictable as a coach to your players, which is sometimes a good thing. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, is he's got such great veteran leaders. That's the one thing that really stands out to me about Boston and reminds me a lot of Chicago and a lot of St. Louis. Huge internal leadership, whether it's Chara, whether it's Bergeron, whether it's Kelly, uh, whether it's Gregory Campbell, whether it's Sean Thornton. I mean, this team is just stacked with leaders, and that's a real positive thing for the group. Pierre, go back to the Bartkowski comment because you said it on the air uh, during the game. When, when you say that that Claude gets into Matt Barkowski, how does that how does that look? Is it just is it is there a lot of expletives? Is it taking him aside? Is it in front of the team when he airs a guy out? How does Claude do it? Well, that night he just says, "Would you please wake the bleep up?" You know, um, you're just you, it wasn't reliable. It's the tail end of the second yeah. period. He makes a bad read. Obviously. Uh, uh, Palmerville comes down and scores bar in, and um, you know, it's again, it's, he comes off the ice and he lets him have it uh, right in front of the whole group. Everybody knew it on the bench. They saw the play and they were expecting something, and Claude gave it to him. Where does he rank in terms of coaches and going after guys? Is he near the top, Pierre, towards the bottom in his aggressiveness and getting after his own guys? I think he's smart about it. Mutt. I'll give you an example. Last year in Game One of the Boston uh, Pittsburgh series, Eastern Conference Final, if you remember back to Game One. Pittsburgh pretty much dominated the first period in good portions of the second. And he just went up and down the bench during, I think it was the first TV timeout, because I had to interview him the second TV timeout, but the first TV timeout, he went up and down the bench and let him have it. He said, you guys aren't playing well. You're letting them dictate the terms of the game. Let's get after them. Let's start challenging them. Let's start being physical. And from that point on, they really did. They responded. He doesn't do it often, but when he does, they listen. You know, Pierre, you see uh, the entire league, and you know, up west we're talking an awful lot about St. Louis and Chicago and 
San Jose and Anaheim. But this game here tonight against Colorado, uh, Patrick Roy, what he's done out there. Tell us about a little bit about this team because we don't really hear much. We kind of focus on the other four out there. They're really fast. They play with a lot of tempo. They have serious skill. Matt Duchesne's for real. Gabriel Landeskog's for real. They've got uh, two players that are hurt. P.A. Parento, who for sure will not play, and Paul Stastny, and I don't know if he will play. The thing you'll admire about their group, though, they have a lot of character on defense, and that's the one thing that's not talked about enough. It's not a lot of big names on their defense, but it's a lot of character. Uh, Eric Johnson's had a huge bounce-back year, the former first overall pick of the St. Louis Blues. Um, Andre Benoit, who's just a reclamation project, he's actually played over in New York before he came back and played in the NHL. He's been tremendous for them. Nick Holden is a real good character guy. Jan Haidt is as physical as there is in the league for defensemen. Not a big name, but very good. Corey Sarich is an old throwback. And Nate Gennon's a kid out of Pittsburgh who's extremely good. He's just gritty and in your face. So they're not real fancy on the back end, but they have a lot of character and grit. But the thing you'll be impressed with is, and Patrick Watt told me this at the beginning of the year, we have to get back to being the Colorado Avalanche. We don't want to be a checking team. We want to be a puck possession in-your-face, up-tempo team, and it looks like that's what they're going to be. Pierre McGuire joining us around the team Monday, Pierre. Any speculation that Dennis Seidenberg could come back if this team made a deep run? He had the surgery back in December. Uh, The playoffs would go into deep spring. I know that Cam Neely wouldn't completely close the door on that. You hear any murmurings that Seidenberg might be late? This team got to say an Eastern Conference final with Stanley Cup. You know what, Mud? I didn't hear it in Boston. I heard it in Chicago, and I'll tell you how I heard it. Um, The Carolina Hurricanes, actually, where Dennis Seidenberg once played, and he's got a lot of friends there, they came to town after they uh, beat the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. So they were actually in Chicago for three days. They're playing there tonight. And I was talking to some of their people around the team who are really tight with Seidenberg, and he was actually telling them there's a chance that he might be back for the playoffs. So that's where I heard it. I didn't hear it in Boston. I heard it in Chicago. Well, have you ever seen that? I mean, as a coach, have you had a player that's missed so much time and you try to get him to rejoin you, say, in the Eastern Conference Finals? What would be some of the issues there? Obviously, ice time. Uh, you know, with him, I don't think there'd be a lot of issues. This is an amazing athlete. I don't know how much you guys know about his athletic pedigree, but this is a young man, and not so young anymore, but when he was 14, 15 years old, he had to make a decision between playing tennis or playing hockey in Germany. And he chose to play hockey. There were a lot of people that thought he could be the next Boris Becker. Not kidding you. So he had to make that decision. He's a tremendous athlete. He's extremely fit. He's very strong. Everybody knows that. Um, so I don't think there'd be that big an adjustment for him. Pierre, I want to ask you from a, a league standpoint. Uh, the Globe and Mail in Toronto had, I think the day after you went with us, maybe it was Tuesday, that you know, according to their sources, league expansion not only is being talked about as a rumor, but in the highest levels of the NHL, they're talking expansion. They're talking about putting a team in Seattle. I think the league has a pretty good thing going right now. They've expanded to markets that have not worked, and I, I just didn't think expansion should be anywhere near uh, what, what they would consider based on the strength of the league right now. Are you hearing about expansion? Will it happen anytime soon? I think expansion's coming, and I think we're going to have two teams, one in Las Vegas, one in Seattle. I think the expansion field be anywhere from 280 to $320 million per team. Wow. Um, so it's significant. Remember, we lost half a season last year, so the ownership groups that are in the league now, they lost this half a season of revenue. Well, that'll more than make up for that half a season of lost revenue. Um, Seattle's a viable market, uh, and there are two potential suitors that want to buy a team there. And there's uh, Las Vegas is a viable market only because um, tremendous ownership potential there, and they have a new building that's going up. So 
I could see both those happening, and they need two more teams in the West. The other reason why I think they need expansion, and maybe some fans won't agree with this, but we haven't had expansion in almost a decade and a half. And the talent pool that's been coming into the league since 2003 is the greatest we've ever had in the history of the National Hockey League. So when you combine no expansion and amazing resources talent-wise with young players and a salary cap, you have all this parity. I know people like the tight games, but they also like super teams. They also like dominant super teams. You, don't, you can't have those now. So expansion will lead to a little bit of filtering and spread some more players around the league, and it'll make for some more super teams if you follow well, my drift. You know, it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned Las Vegas, because I'm wondering, if the, if the NHL wanted to put a team in Vegas, would there be pressure from maybe other sports not to? I mean, it's like the NFL doesn't want a team there. Gamb- gambling, right? I mean, would, yeah. would that be something well, they'd have to consider? I don't think the NHL can worry about what the other leagues do because I know the other leagues don't worry about the NHL. They want to pile drive the NHL, so I don't think the <laughs> NHL is going to worry about them. And the other thing is, I think potentially, and I'm not. This isn't like tomorrow or next year or five years. I think the NHL is really looking at because they are such a global sport, a six-team division over in Europe. I really believe that at some point, I believe that'll happen. I know they're not hard and fast, but if you go by the ESPN attendance numbers, you have three teams in Phoenix, Columbus, and Dallas that are drawing under 80% capacity. So when you talk right. expansion, Pierre, are one of these or two of these teams moving? Are we going to have two brand-new teams in the NHL? Is that how you see it? Brand new, two brand-new teams. Um, Phoenix is going to be all right. They've got tremendously good ownership, brand-new ownership, and it's very good, and they're going to make a mark in that community before too long. I'd be more worried about the Florida Panthers than any other team in the league right now. That's the team I'd be the most worried about, even though they have new ownership. They just can't get people to go to their games. Columbus is going to be fine. Uh, I believe they'll be a playoff team this year, and they've got a brilliant young, uh, I'd say, team to watch. You know, and the fans are starting to warm up. And the state of Ohio and the city of Columbus in particular is having a huge economic resurgence. So I think Columbus is going to be all right. The, the one team I'm really worried about, Florida, I'm really worried about the Florida Panthers. You know, uh, Pierre, you're looking at the Tuka Rask, and you're looking at the Vesna. You know, I guess you know Ben Bishop, there's some other names. Maybe even quick and slide into that, but... Have you heard any rumblings at all? A lot of people around here now start to talk about possibly MVP, the Hart Trophy. Could it go that far, a consideration? Um, I, I think that would be a bit of a reach. I could see him being in the discussion. I think it would be a bit of a reach. Um, you know, obviously you look at what Crosby's been able to do in Pittsburgh with the numbers. Uh, that's going to be hard to argue against. Uh, you can look at what's gone on out in Colorado and say Matt Duchesne's been a big thing and a big reason why. You can look at what's gone on in Chicago and say that Jonathan Taser, Patrick Kane, uh, before he got hurt the other night, have been rig reasons why. But, uh, I mean, I could see him being in the discussion. That doesn't mean he, he's going to win it, but I could see him being in the discussion. But the Vesna? The Vesna, he's definitely in the hunt for the Vesna. Yeah. No question for that. Pierre, what's the travel like this week? You end up here uh, in uh, Boston, right? Detroit on Sunday, and uh, Boston on Monday, and then Philly on Wednesday. Well, we get a hell of a week. Canadians and then Chicago next oh, week. Oh, I know. It's going to be fun for you guys. It's going to be fun. Well, Montreal had a tough loss last night to Columbus. They weren't very good in that game. Columbus was excellent. But uh, the Bruins are playing great. I told you guys when I was in studio, uh, there's not a lot of teams in the East that can measure up with the teams in the West. Boston is one that definitely can. And I keep telling the guys in the West, be ready when you play Boston because they're coming in and they're nasty. Pierre, great stuff as always. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. I love visiting with you guys. Take care. Have a great weekend, everybody. All right, Pierre, you too, buddy. Uh, Pierre McGuire joins us. He's brought to you by our friends at Norfolk Power Equipment and by UMass Online.